Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode number 33, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. So, Santos, what's new? What's up, man? Um, nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here for episode number... 33. Trace Trace. Yeah. The Larry Bird. How... Uh, do you have a sense of how long we've been doing this for? Like, chronological time, I mean? A, Has it been a year? It's More? gotta be a yeah. year, right? Because, yeah, I bet it's almost a year. Wow. Cool. Happy so, anniversary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we better make this one a good one. Yeah, you better, you better be damn good. <laughs> so do you have, any, you have any quick picks at the top of the show here for our listeners? Um, let's see. Um... You know what I am? I just saw a trailer for. Um, I'm always on the uh, the trailer app on Apple TV. Oh, you don't use the Apple TV, no. So they have. Um, I guess you call it an app. It's like you know they got all their channels on there, whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, it's an app, uh, and they have uh, one that's trailers, just trailers, and it's fucking genius like huh i watched that thing I mean, i've seen that channel in QuickTime, so they must have just transferred that over to apple tv correct yep exactly and um and i just saw a trailer for the woods um horror movie coming out in the fall in september um i forget the i forget dude's name he directed the that vhs franchise there was one and two. Oh really um they're kind of, they're slasher kind of flicks, um, but this this movie, The Woods, looks so so good. Huh. Um, it, it's one of those ones that uh, it, the trailer is very vague, extremely vague, and but it's like just pasted with you know reviews and like the scariest film you have ever seen type of stuff. And there's a ton of like Kubrick esque. Um, like opening of the shining type drone shots, you know, which obviously he didn't huh. have a drone, but like right. super slow, like in the woods, like the woods is the character. That's the name of the yeah. thing. It looks so fucking good, man. Cool. It seems like horror has been kind of stepping it up to the next sort of aesthetic level recently. Like people are really pushing mm. in that genre with, um, you know, The Witch and um, It Follows and all those movies that have been coming out. It's been an interesting time for horror. I'm not like a huge passionate fan of horror, but yeah. um, when I hear something's really innovative and good, like Cabin in the Woods and all that stuff, yeah. I definitely check it out. And, you know, I, I, I definitely watch stuff, but. People are bringing writing in really in a strong way, you know, and, and I think like, especially like The Witch embracing like some understated, you know, sort of ideas of, of shit to make you scared, you know, instead yeah. of like over the top, like which is more great. of a psychological thriller, even though the, the horror element is still external. It mostly manifests in the sort of psychological dynamics of the family. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We should talk about the witch at some point. That was a good one. Yeah. I feel like that woman who plays the mom is like typecast as a woman who breastfeeds on screen. <laughs> Is she the? Is She's she, from Game of Thrones. That's her. Who like the one who okay. be- breastfeeds her like twelve the, year the old airy, child in the area? Yeah. yeah, in the area, queen of the area. Yeah, yeah. Prince Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just like psychopath. stands next to her and breastfeeds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, yes. So sure enough, in like the first five minutes of that film, she's breastfeeding again, like on screen. I'm like, damn, she's totally typecast. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she's a breastfeeder. <laughs> Jesus, that's a weird one to get typecast as. What about you, man? You got anything new? Yeah. Um, so I uh, I listen to this. There's a podcast that I like called Get Up On This. Mm. It's uh, two guys, Jensen Carp and Matthew Robinson. They talk about hip hop and games and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, TV shows, movies, kind of general culture stuff. Um, not entirely dissimilar from this very podcast. Mm. Um, you know, I think we range into some areas that they don't and vice versa. They sound very handsome. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Handsome, smart, (laughs) intelligent fellows. So, um, uh, Jensen Karp, uh, has had this really interesting life where when he was young, he got super into hip hop and, um, he actually, 
you know, almost had like a near sort of, um, miss when he was a kid, uh, never gave up on hip hop, did a lot of freestyle rap battles and, um, eventually, uh, went on this radio competition where you would call in and rap every day. It was a rap on like a phone call in rap battle. And he won it like an unbelievable record number of times, just destroyed all these people that led to him having like, like getting signed to Interscope records as a white rapper. So he just released, um, an autobiography about that part of his life called Kanye West owes me $300. <laughs> and he's been talking about it and promoting and doing all sorts of brilliant things. It's like, an, an awesome study in sort of guerrilla marketing um, in and of itself. You know, he promotes it on the podcast and has been doing all sorts of stuff. But I, so I knew when this book was coming out, like it's going to be entertaining. Like he's a funny guy. Um, sounds like a really interesting story. It is unbelievably entertaining, funny and enthralling. Like really it's one of those sort of like chronicles, this sort of world from the inside that most people don't get an insider's view of in this really interesting way that, you know, we always talk about how we love that, like the chronicle of this world and, oh, you know, yeah. Jimmy Iovine and all these people in the record industry, not to mention all these different hip hop people and what it's really like. And, um, it's just really interesting. It's sort of like an underdog story at the same time. Cause you have this white rapper that like no one wants to give any credit to, but his like freestyle skills are so good and his lyrical skills are so good that like he can't be denied. Um, so I'm about, uh, halfway through it right now. And it's just for anyone who, whether you like hip hop or not, it's just like a really fascinating, entertaining story. He, I'm actually listening to the audiobook. He reads the audiobook himself, and it's I, I recommend the audiobook, but you can also get it on Kindle or just get the book. All right. Um, so I haven't gotten to the part yet where Kanye West enters the story, but um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. But I can't recommend it highly enough. It's like, I think on the audiobook is like six and a half hours or something like that. It's okay. a pretty quick listen by audiobook standards, but you know, well worth it. Super entertaining. Um, Kanye West owes me $300 by Jensen Carp out now. Uh, grab it on at your local retailer on audible or, uh, through iTunes, or you can get the paperback if you're old school. Nice one. Oh, that sounds good. Cool. Talk, um, talk to me about this booze, man. Oh, so yeah, uh, this episode we decided to do, I've been, um, uh, following this company compass box for a while. They just did a really interesting thing where they called for transparency in whiskey. So one of the interesting things about compass box, they're operating out of the UK out of Scotland and they're doing, um, blends. They do whiskey blends, blends of sc- blended scotch. And, uh, the interesting thing about them is they're kind of trying to return create artisan blends or like elevate blends. Cause you know, blended scotch is thought of as like a lesser sort of everyday drinking scotch or like a working, working man scotch where a single malt and obviously in the last decade to 15 years has gotten tons and tons of attention. So what compass box is doing is they're taking, um, they're just cr- doing really interesting and innovative things with blends. And, um, I had the pleasure of actually meeting John Glazer, who's the guy who, mm. um, runs compass box. Um, when we, uh, at work, we created this thing called proof, which was sort of a whiskey kind of a visual tasting app and sort of tasting game. And he saw that and he originally hails from Minneapolis actually. Oh, um, he's actually an American who's been just living in the UK for a long time. And he came back, and he reached out to us and like wanted to do a sort of partnership and the economics of it just didn't work out because he was really small at the time and they've been growing. That was maybe five, six years ago. They've been growing really well and um, doing really interesting things. Their package is amazing. Um, is the whiskeys are really good. Um, and when they did this transparency and whiskey thing, it sort of took the whiskey world by storm. And it's, it's funny because they're the sort of smaller brand doing these blends and um, some of the bigger distilleries like the Brook Laddie and some of the other ones like actually signed on with them to support it. Really? And, um, called for like, you know, said, we think what we absolutely agree with this. We think it's interesting. We should definitely do it. So that's cool. Um, there must be some sort of like chicanery or tomfoolery going on. Obviously if there's a need for like a calling for like transparency and whiskey. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting is, um, there uh, are malted 
scotch comes from barley and then there's like grain whiskey obviously as well and um in when blends first came out evidently they were like 75 to 80 percent single malted barley and the grain was a small component of it and uh over the years that flipped on its head so really? before they kind of came back into the world and said no we need to return this to like the way it was done before when people first started blending scotches um you know, it was like all very little malted barley, and most of it was um, this this other kind of grain. So um, that's one of the things that they've done that's interesting. There's also they have um like a an, uh, there are a few distilleries that that do this. They have on their site sort of a whiskey sort of school or kind of educational video series, and a lot of people do that, but I don't think anyone does it as well as they do. So John. Glazer has all these different um, series on. He has one on the history of blends and like how they approach blends and how blends should properly be done. But he had another one that was really fascinating about the actual cast themselves and how they choose casts and how um, a cask on the first fill imparts all sorts of flavor and it imparts color. Like that's where the golden color comes from. It actually comes from the cask. Okay. Whether you're using an oak cask or you're using something like a sherry cask or using something that's charred, you know, that's imparting different kinds of color and different kinds of flavor. But the second time you fill a cask, you're getting less. The third time you fill a cask, you're getting less. So how the type of wood and how the cask is made is really important, but also how many times it's been filled. And they're really, really uh, passionate about the type of cask that they're getting and sourcing. And they make sure that they're getting things that are like first fill all the time. And they actually call it out in the boxes that really like we're using all first fill American oak casts that are like prepared in this certain way. So fucking a wow. Um, yeah, they're really interesting company. Super passionate about it. Um, so we have three here. Uh, the very first one is a limited edition that they came out with. That's called the Lost Blend. That label is so killer. Um, and uh, it is. Uh, a blend of eight, approximately 80% unpeated Highland and 20% peaty Isla single malts, which I thought was interesting. Because mm. I know you're not a huge fan of the super peaty stuff, but right. having a little blended in there I thought might be interesting and to yeah. see how that works. Um, so, yeah, we have three blends. One is called the Lost Blend. The second one is called the Spice Tree, which has um, hints of clove, cardamom, and ginger, which I thought sounded really interesting. And the last one is sort of one of their higher end blends called Hedonism. Um, and yeah, see, it says right here on the aged and first fill American yeah. casts. Wow. Right on the box. If you look at these bottles, they look nothing like they came from the same, like they're completely different. Like no, every, they have tons of personality and yeah, a um, lot. Like they're not, they're not relying on the, the kind of thing that's a lot of, even single malt distilleries are uh, moving away from now, which is like the actual number system. It's like, it used to be the only way you could tell something was super premium is like you the have number a of years. 35 year old scotch. That's like $17,000 a bottle or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and there are some other distilleries that are starting to move away from years actually as well. And just saying that there's more interesting ways to approach this and create different varieties and di- different scotch experiences other than just the years. So, right. All right. Let's give these a shot. Yeah. Oh god, that's great. Yeah, you can ta- you can definitely taste a little bit of that. It's not overpowering. It's actually really kind of delicate. But, damn. But, but you can definitely taste it in there. Oh, I love that. I mean, killer. You know me, I'm a total I'm a total fucking snob. Oh yeah, you, know. you are. <laughs> so, yeah. this like when I first kind of heard about this concept of like an artisan blend, it was like whatever. Yeah. But these are you could put these head to head with any of the kind of single malts that are out there, and these would give give them a run for money. They're really interesting. They've yeah. done an awesome job, sort of picking out the whiskeys that go into these blends, which is why they're commanding you know similar prices to a bottle of single malt. But, nice, right? Yeah, this is great. I love this. Mm. It's interesting that spice tree one has a, like a similar sort of some similar notes to the Balvenie um, Caribbean cask. 
Oh, yeah. Which uses rum, rum casks. Yeah. yeah. They age it in rum casks or they finish it in rum casks and it kind of gets some of that rum sort of kind of burnt caramel flavor going on in it. Oh, yeah. God, these are great. This is good. Yeah. This is a good tip. I'm going to have to check it's these out. Really good company to support, too. They're not, yeah. they're not at every liquor store, but like the ones that have them, for example, um, uh, I got these at one of the kind of probably uh, a lower profile, but one of the best liquor stores in t- in Minneapolis here, which is South Lindale. Yeah, liquors. That's great. Um, their whiskey selection is unbelievable. Really, they're, I've never bought one of the best there. whiskey selections in I don't town. Know why I don't go down there that often. I don't buy a, a lot. Like I don't know. I don't buy that much booze, and that place is filled with beer. Like that's crazy beer place. Like he's got every fucking beer imaginable yeah in there yeah it's that, nuts. Pl- that place is a super valuable resource so yeah so this last one is one of their sort of higher end blends this is the hedonism this last one hedonism it's like an adult all-inclusive resort Ooh, that's really good oh yeah that's the best one i love that that's great. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, Compass Box. Yeah. Check them out. They're super interesting. For sure. You should be able to, everyone should be able to find them at at least one or two liquor stores uh, in their town. And um, for the money, you know, because at the price point they're at, like a lot of, most most of their blends, except for the Hedonism one, which is slightly under 100, um, are in the like Fifty to fifty-five dollar range, oh, right. which is that's where you're getting like your entry level single malt scotch. And right. if you compare these two, which is a blend of like much older whiskeys or higher end whiskeys with some some other stuff, on balance, you're probably getting a better whiskey for the money. Yeah, right, right. Well, these are killer. I'm definitely gonna check check out Compass Box. How many how many do they have? How many different whiskeys? Oh. I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of like eight to ten. Jesus. And they have some that are like regular goers too. They have this really, it's a really cool package design. It's called the Pete Monster. It's one that they've been doing for a long time. Like they just tried to make the, like most, for people that are really into the smoky PD scotches, they wanted to make like the best version of that. Cool. And for people that like that, they love, there's like the people that love that whiskey love it. And yeah. there's a really passionate following behind that. All right. I didn't get it tonight because I know that's your, not to your particular taste. Yeah. It freaks me um, out a little bit. It's a little much. <laughs> yeah. It just overpowers everything. I, you know, I can't, which I mean, I guess, you know, if you had me, but, somebody uh, in here to talk yeah. me into it, I, I bet I could be, I know that there are people out there and friend, even friends of ours, like Grant, who like, that's the, that's what they love about. Yeah, Scotch. He does like, love they love that, the yeah. really. Peaty scotches and he, for the peat monster for him would be un, like bullseye yeah. dead on. So, all right, cool, cool. So, um, moving on, yeah, we wanted to do another debate topic this week, and f- this week we wanted to do um, for the passionate music lover, which is a more valuable setup in the home: a good turntable where you can play vinyl, or Whole house streaming in conjunction with one of the current streaming services. Right. So if you were like going to go, you're starting from scratch, you want to get set up in, you know, whatever, you're buying a stereo or you're moving into a house or something, mm-hmm. what's better? Is it is it vinyl yeah. or is it... What's going to deliver the, the better sort of experience for the passionate music lover? And it's, you know, the inter- in in full disclosure, like I'm both, you right. know, yep. um, as I think most people at this point are, but there is no, like for me, there is no one without the other. Like I cannot do just, simply. You wouldn't do just streaming? Never. No. Why? Well, I mean, a, bu- a bunch of reasons. For one, like there is so much shit that just simply isn't available. Like, I mean, there's, you know, I don't care how many millions of songs you have, like, there's shit that you you can't get, you know? 
some artists don't share their shit on streaming platforms. You know, Peter Gabriel doesn't, and that's about 85% of my listening, so... <laughs> <laughs> not really, that's about zero percent of my listening so <laughs> it's not really but i yeah. mean like that's you know right there is a reason why i you know yeah. he's not there in prince never prince was for a short while and yeah i wonder if that's gonna change now like, it did oh well title he signed on with title because he, he didn't want anyone to listen to his music <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> well who knows i mean he's weird you know right. sorry was weird and don't care. I mean, I'm a huge fan, but yeah. he was fucking weird, right? And so, yeah. where else? Jay, of course, you're going to go to the fucking weird dude who's got, you know, the weird fucking streaming service. So where else is he going to go? He's not going to fucking Spotify. He's going to Jay Z. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Your shit seems confusing and like a bad value. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you know? <laughs> of course, sign me yeah. up. But he just, Jay Z just released, like, or whoever the fuck owns title now, like, they just released, um, like, eight albums worth of of new material and not necessarily print stuff prints all print really stuff yep eight new albums of material. well here's the thing so eight albums worth so like six hours of of unreleased stuff that has never been heard before so in dating back to you know I don't know when it started, wow. um, but if you look it up, there's a full list of everything that just came out, which is and if people huge. listen to this and given a rundown of like what's good or what's not good, I d- I am sure they have. I haven't really looked into it. I kind of just saw the article and, and breezed through it. But um, but you know, for fans like people that, and I wouldn't count myself among them, but like Prince fans are rabid fans and like listen to every single note that he, you know. And then he's recorded, and so this is a windfall for for those fans. Like you're psyched. So Ben Neighbors was out there, hopefully listening. He's he's ready to lock himself in a closet with fucking some Jay Z <laughs> fucking headphones and listen to this. You know these unreleased tracks for a week. But um, anyway, I digress. So um, so yeah. So records. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into like the whole like quality too much. I don't want to get into that fucking thing because I I feel like somebody will reach through the microphone and punch me in the face because like everybody, (laughs) you know, is so tired of that. I I will say though, that like there's no, you you can sign up for high quality streaming services. Title is one of them. Deezer is another, um, where they stream, you know, Uncompressed. Uncompressed files, um, flack, you know, like high quality audio. Yep. Um, I, I will tell you the truth. Like it, it's, I don't want to get too nerdy here, but like you're only as good as the weakest link in your whole, for sure. In your whole system. If you don't have a good, um, digital audio, digital converter. analog converter, sorry, digital to analog converter. Or if you don't have digital, in which yeah. most people don't like, if you don't yeah. have the DAC is like digital audio, uh, digital analog converter. If you don't have like a good one, then like that fucking weird digital signal coming in is never gets to fucking open up and and get put to use. Yep. You know. So, um, so you're re- required in a way to kind of like you have to invest in something that's not fucking cheap, man. Those things, as with any piece of you know high fidelity equipment, you can spend as much as you want on that. Right. And, and, and there are, as again, it's a huge world of you know audio equipment. You can find good deals, and I've seen like really good DACs that are like you know four hundred, five hundred bucks. That you know the type of thing where like the next jump is at like five grand. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah, I've gotten some used ones. Like um, I've gotten some really good DACs used for like two to two fifty that were originally like a thousand bucks. Really? Yeah. On site, there there are like some used kind of audiophile sites out there that um, you can pick up stuff for fairly cheap. Yeah, but I mean the way you know it's like you listen, you subscribe to a streaming service, so you have you know, access wherever you are, you know what I mean? You're on your phone, you're on your computer at work, you're at home, whatever, you know, that's kind of the, the point of it. And that quality isn't that good. Not that I can bring my fucking records to work with me, but what you do get is you get a different relationship to the music. Yes, you do. Which is what like, 
having an iPod for the first time got you like back in the day as well when you were walking around with your entire music library on shuffle or whatever. Well, that's different. I say that's completely different because that's it, that was an extremely liberating experience. But it didn't give you the paralysis of having everything at your fingertips. You still, it's your collection. Because when you're like, and I can't be the, I actually have never really talked to anybody about this that much, but like the the paralysis of having so much music at your fingertips, you know what the fuck to listen to. You know, you need like, you know, it's almost like a, like a painter's, like you need some constraints. You need something... But but that's what's nice about the – and I I think these features are just going to get better and better. So between the algorithm of Spotify looking at what you're listening to and recommending you on like a weekly basis, they now create a dynamically generated list for you that's like stuff that new music we recommend, new and old that we recommend for you, Um, and also following other people and following their playlists. And it's nice because the playlist isn't static. Sometimes they're updating. And, you know, you follow things like – Pitchfork's best music of the last whatever, you know, however you feel about Pitchfork. Yeah. It's not just them. There's tons and tons of people out there. Yep. You know, curating this music for you. So I think I hear you that like it can be a little paralyzing and it it doesn't feel as valuable as when you find that one like really impossible to find record. Yeah. um, in, in, In like the back of a you know, the sale bin at a record store. That's like an unbelievable, valuable treasure. It's like one of the Yazoo blues records that there's right. only like 30 copies of still <laughs> floating around or whatever. And no one's going to hear that. And like all your friends come over to listen to it. That's a different relationship than like, you know, listening to every single record that you listen to in the eighties, you know, like yeah. stone roses mixed with the cure mixed with, you know, ride from the nineties and creating like a, Brit rock playlist. Yeah. Um, and just putting it on shuffle and it goes for hours and hours. Um, it's a different relationship to the music, but I do think, and I think this is just going to get better because of the competition between the services, they're going to need to keep improving it. The, the aided social discovery, I think is interesting. And it It does. It's not, to be honest, like I feel like on Spotify, it's, it's not that good. And I'd like to see like what this, like, recommended because for me on Spotify, I got to dig for that. Like it's, it's buried in like what's new and it's in like one of like many playlists. Right. I, th- I think like, it's hard it, to it, find. It or... pops up for me on like my Spotify homepage. Like, every Oh, does week. it? Really? I, I can't, I couldn't get away from it if I wanted to. What the fuck? Yeah. All right. So the, the, I, I have to say the, um, Especially with young kids, it's like you're introducing your young kids to music, though. There's something about having all of it at the kind of pulling it up on your iPhone. And we use Sonos throughout the house. And Sonos is like, I, I hadn't listened to as much that much music in years when yeah. in the first like six months that we got our Sonos system throughout the house. Yeah. It kind of like reignited my passion for music again. Yeah. Um, it's great. So... I mean, in a way, you're right. Like, I don't know that I could do without either. I haven't had a turntable set up for a few years now just because we haven't had a good space for it. That's probably going to change because I think the girls are becoming, would be really interested in playing all the records and doing all the stuff. So, yeah. And I feel like, honestly, like for the kids, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how much I love, like, everything is staring into this little fucking thing in your hand. You're constantly, like, you know, he's always looking at the phone, looking at like what, you know, it, it's like everything comes out of this fucking thing. So now mu- this is where I go for music, too. And I realize I'm not trying to fucking hold back the tide of the future. I, I know, you know, it's already here, but there is a different relationship with like when he can, see, you know, he can look through, it, he can see, it, he can pull out a record. And, and, you know, again, this is where you get into the age old, like, you know, like, Oh, the experience of playing, like, you know, fuck off. The like, liner notes and looking yeah. at the gatefold album and the 180 gram vinyl. But and it's all that the shit. fucking truth, man. Like, yeah. as B is that fucking, is that, you know, argument is, like, there's something to, like, it it's fucking sounds different and it sounds better. Well, that's and, why someone like Spotify, I feel like they need to keep pushing the bounds of the experience. Like, imagine oh, if sure. all of that stuff was, like, 
bundled with documentary content. Like if you were listening to the anthology of American folk music, you could see documentary content about Alan Lomax and Mm. you could see stuff about each of the artists. And like, you could turn that discovery experience. You could basically make the ultimate version of liner notes using mixed media and all sorts of stuff. You could do live streaming DJ sets and pulling in Wikipedia. Um, yeah, all sorts of, I mean, they already, they've started doing that stuff to a certain extent, but I also feel like they need to, um, and iTunes started to do this a little bit, but no one's done this really well, like expose the entire tree of connections. So like this dude who was in, um, Wilco was like an uncle Tupelo and this dude went on to do Sunvolt and, you know, so it like creates this path of discovery based on like one anchor point Yeah, that allows you to explore all the different connections and, and like. Uncle Tupelo wouldn't have existed without, you know, X yep. you know, band from the 60s. And, yeah, you know, totally. You're, you're, it's like a musical history lesson and tree of discovery. And you can just spend hours and hours, like, getting really fucking smart about yeah. music and the history of music and the culture around music. I feel like that's where the experience of it needs to go. And if you, if you did that and you got, um, as the bandwidth gets better, you... Everything was uncompressed all the time. Um, then, yeah, then then you're getting, I think, into a place where, like, you're, like, making the experience, like, bigger than, you know, what it is now. Because what it is now is a glorified library, you know? Yeah. And there's a great app now that you mentioned when you say the tree. I don't know if you've ever seen Discover without the E. D-I-S-C-O-V-R. Um, it's been around for a long time, um, and it started with music, and it, they have one for film, too. And it's great. Like It's like you pick a band and pull them up, and they have a little circle. And then when you tap on the circle, it pops up this tree around it of a bunch of bands that are connected to that band huh. in all the different like how they're connected, like you hit on the other one and it shows it's like a family tree type of thing. So anyway, like if you were to pull in something like that, like it would be great. But here, here's the thing. So I have, um, Sonos as well. And we, the, you can't beat the ease of like, okay, like I need to get something on here, you know, something upstairs for him when he's taking a bath, something from me, Listening to right. whatever podcast the, the in the zone kitchen thing is really nice. Oh, it's I clutch, effortless zone. Because like you, people used to pay a shitload of money to make that happen with like old stereo you had that systems. Switch by the yeah, stereo you had for an, an amp with like the section the speakers off into yeah, different. Yeah. yeah, it used to be really expensive and complicated to do that. Yeah, now it's nothing. It's yeah. just you just do it. Um, I'll tell you what is. But there, there's nothing, and, and even Jack notices a difference. Like, when we're playing music, like, you know, just streaming something over the Sonos, it's like, it's background music. And there's just, it's like, you know, it's on, and it's always on. There's always something playing. Yep. And he's just like, all right, there's not that big of a thing going on. But when we're playing records in the living room, it's like he's in there listening to it. He's it's the point of... Yeah, and it's the central activity. Yeah, exactly. And you know, everyone makes again. That's the other beat argument of, and it's it's beat only because so many douchebags have fucking said it a thousand times. But it really is true. Like you're much more intent. You know what I mean? You're putting it on. You're gonna have. You can't go far because you're gonna have to flip it over in a minute. Right. And and you're just. I don't know. You're you're just that much more involved in it. You know. And. It could fuck up, it could skip, it could, you know. And plus also, like, there's the there's the memory of playing a record. Like, I can, I can listen to, you know, an old, like, I can listen to the same thing streaming, you know, as I can on a record. But if I pull out this record that I've had, like, this Dinosaur Jr. record that I've had since the day it came out, and I've had it for 20 years... Like, you get attached to that record. For sure. You know? You're yep. super attached to it, and you remember, like, all the times that you played it, you know, all the breakups and all the shit, you know what I mean? Like, all of that is part of the thing. So when you put it on, it, you're remembering... You, I remember those things a little bit when I hear it in, on streaming, but it's more like utility, you know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I will say, I I agree with you. You know, I have like a Nirvana bleach seven inch oh, like single yeah. that I got in Toronto when I was a senior on like choir and band trip so you know, to, awesome. to Toronto. We went and kind of split off from the group and went in a record store there and was like, what? We wanted some cool like Canadian bands. And they were like, well, this isn't a Canadian band, but have you heard this? And I have this like uh, Nirvana, like crazy limited Nirvana seven inch before Nirvana hit. And, you know, so you have all I. that stuff. And, you know, uh, on the other hand, with streaming, like when Nicole and I first started dating, I made her like a mix CD and she found like the list of the songs and she recreated it in Sonos in like a minute and a half. Yeah. You know, like and now she has that exact without having to like find a fucking CD player in this day and age or whatever. You oh, know? God. She can yep. listen to that mix that I made for her, you know, 15 years ago when we first started dating and she it took was effort effortless to recreate it totally that is a super true thing like and and i do like um what i love is like end of the year best of lists right so best of whatever nme has their best of and i just make playlists of all that stuff and and just hit go you know what i mean and i find myself sometimes with that stuff which i never do when i play records but i'll be shazamming stuff that's on my own playlist Cause I don't know what it is. You know, I guess I could look at it, but like I use Shazam. So I use, I'll, I'll Shazam stuff even when I know what the song is. Cause then I take Shazam, all of the stuff that I, you know, have marked and I make a playlist out of that. And huh. those are the best playlists I've, I've ever made. Like, cause it's, it's songs that you're like, Oh my God, this is killer. I have no idea what it is. Or like, Oh my God, this would be great on a playlist. It's more like, just a reminder list, like put this on your playlist. So yeah. I have Shazam playlists that are like two, 300 songs each. Oh, that's cool. That are great. You can't do that with, with records, you know, but yeah. you, you know what Sonos does have, and it's pretty new. It's like three, four months old um, because they were realizing that people, I, I don't know why, but you only have to assume that they were realizing that, you know, People are listening to music in different ways. Like there are still people that are sitting around their home stereo and listening to stuff when they really want to listen to the, you know, because they they never claim that their speakers can duplicate like a true stereo, you know, a true like Mm -hmm. hi-fi system, a real thing. Um, So what they did is they have, so they have a little box that you can stream and has a DAC in it. So instead of using one of their built-in speakers, you can play, you can stream through your stereo system. Yeah. Um, so an add-on to that thing goes the other way. It goes backwards. So you can play records and play them through the Sonos speakers in different parts of the house. Huh. Which is really cool. Um, I haven't gotten it yet because I think it's like seven or 800 bucks or some shit. You know what Jesus. I mean? Like it's, it's fucking expensive. You can get a amazing turntable for seven or eight hundred bucks. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, mine was one hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, that's because you 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 need to get away from that direct drive shit though. And Listen, man. I mean, stick, I, stick with a belt drive. It's like I could get like there's tons of like I, my my whole thing is like tuned to like the records. Most of the shit I listened to was like made to play exactly on the setup that I have. Like it was mixed to play on that stere- exact stereo. But a, 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 a direct drive turntable is made to like, what happens is it's made to play at various speeds because it's a DJ turntable. So what happens is like, it doesn't at, especially on an old one, it, it plays at like slight variable speeds all the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's never exactly 33 and a third. Yeah. Like, it's 33. So if you get a really good belt drive turntable, and, like, one of the ones where you actually change the belt for 33 and 45. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're getting, boom, rock solid. It is rock solid. Um, But, you know, there's a part of me, too, that, I mean, I'll get that at some point. I, I just, there's a part of me that likes, like, just fucking, I'm throwing on this turntable because the turntable's amazing. Like the tone arm is, yeah. Like the whole thing is, it's so great and it's cheap as shit. It was like the best turntable you could get in 1975, yeah. the Phillips. Um, but 
you know, I got a fucking two-year-old. He's yeah. <laughs> he's dropping elbows on that thing like it's fucking WWF. You right. Know? So, and I don't give a shit. Like, I, I kind of feel like turntables, like, I don't know. Like, they fucking come and go. Like, I'll just keep buying them and selling yeah. them and, you know. I don't, I'm never going to get too hung up on, like, one particular fucking thing, you know. But, anyhow, yeah, for me, man, um, if, it, like, if I had to choose, there was no question which way I would go. It would absolutely be records, because I can go buy, like, if I need to get every fucking Michael Jackson record, I can go get them for fucking fifty each. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd be lying if I said that I hadn't contemplated digitizing all my vinyl and just being done with it. Oh, my God. I, I'm not to that point yet. Yeah. Um, but, um, and all my CDs, because I hear you, like, not everything's available, but I think that's a temporary problem. I think at some point, you know, there's a guy who has, like, hundreds of thousands of records, you know, like the largest record collection in the world and he's digitizing all that and putting it online and so it's just a matter of time before like people are going to keep pushing the bounds of that experience and i think eventually so i'd say for right now you need both i agree but eventually i think vinyl's going to become obsolete oh no no and we're going to be sitting like listening to holograms of people you know <laughs> <laughs> what do you do like well it streams in on one our part fucking in... vr headsets <laughs> while we're getting blowjobs from robots exactly yeah <laughs> and not interacting with fucking anybody i guess the one thing that we haven't talked about at all in all of this is like and this is a definitely a discussion for another time is the effect that this has had on musicians in their like livelihood you know which is fucked yeah I mean, how how many people were actually making like big money from? Because so what happens is you 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 could it'd be interesting to talk to to um. There are more people making money off music because of the internet than ever before. You know, before if you look at pre-internet music revolution, there's a small number of people making a shitload of money off music. Right. Post-internet, there's a ton. The ability to be discovered and to, um, you know, promote yourself has been democratized in such a way that there's way more people making money off of music. Maybe not as much money as they were before. Um, a lot of people that probably shouldn't be making fucking money off of it, like have no business fucking making money. And so it'd be interesting to talk to someone like um, our esteemed um, audio engineer Kaya yeah. about, you know. Sh- She's someone who is has been solely a professional musician that was making a salary off of you know record sales stipends at some point, but um, you know now they're at the point where they make way more money per per show than they ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it a question of does digital distribution allow you to like awareness to happen in a much more widespread way? It might, but I mean, it doesn't mean that you're you know. If you're, if you're, if you sell a, if you're, you know, signed to a small label and you sell 3000 records, you make some money. If you like are signed to that same small label and you're streaming on Spotify, you're making dick, you're making nothing. It's true. You know? So, and I'm, you know, my background and my like connections are in the indie world where nobody's selling, nobody's selling platinum records. Right. You know what I mean? You're making enough money to live your life. And now they're, you know, these people are not, they're not fucking making any money. You know, they're making enough to, to fucking have a hot dog. That's what you fucking get. Yeah. I mean, I, on the one hand, I hear you. On the other hand, I'm like, the world moves on. You either, the, the people that are still making money have found out ways to, pivot and do something new and interesting listen i'm i mean here's the thing like we've everyone has been bitching about this for 10 years now right and it's like it's not fucking going anywhere like you need to figure it out there's a new model you know what i mean and you look at bands you know there there's every fucking new band that's shown up in the last 10 years and has been successful is an experiment in how it does work you know they're proof that you can make it happen, 
you know, Parquet Courts, one of my favorite new bands, you know, they're young, they're, you know, they're in their 20s, and they're, they're doing it like you're supposed to, they tour constantly, they're, they just drive around in a van getting high and playing show after show after show, and, you know, they make money selling merch, and they sell records at their, you know, at their shows, and I don't know, it's, there's still a way to do it, but... I don't know, man. It's not, um, you know, I'm not going to say I don't do it, but, um, it's a different, it's a different thing. It's a different deal. Yeah. All right. So let's, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Yet again. Yep. And <laughs> yep. let's move on and do some, uh, quick, some other picks. Yeah. So let's do a couple. I got to ask you, do you, uh, do you fuck with Peaky Blinders? Man. Here's the thing with Peaky Blinders. That fucking show is uses modern fucking music in a period piece. Yeah. It's so awesome. what the fuck is that? They, they double down on that. And so the new season three just came out like <sighs> a week ago on Netflix. It is really, really good. And they double down on that. There's like Radiohead songs. And Dude, and stuff. I fucking love it. Are you serious? Yeah. I can't get past it. Oh, I'm so into it. Oh, I can't get past it. How you, does that work? You need to get off your fucking Edith Wharton high horse <laughs> and walk into the modern fucking age. Oh I can't fucking get there. How does that? How can, how can fucking dude be strolling down the street with the doors playing? Like, I, that's not... I love it. It's, I don't... It's not, the music is for the the current audience, not for like, it's not like that music is playing in that world, you know? Fucking harpsichord bullshit. Oh my god. You know? Oh, I gotta try it again, because like, I've had so oh, many it's people. it's so good. I've had so, so many people. Good. Did you only watch part of the first season? Oh, I watched like 10 minutes of the first episode, and I was like, oh, what the oh, fuck? Oh, no, 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 no. This show god is fucking it. amazing. The second season, and the I think the third season is the best season yet. Um, it is really, really fucking good. You gotta watch it. All right, all right. I'll I'll get back in. And it's only they're only each season is like six hour episodes. It's like a you know a BBC. Oh, uh, that's nice. I like show. That. So it's like yeah, you could you can binge a season in a weekend, no problem. Which is. Both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because you know, then you're like, oh, shit. At least they come out with them pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, um, Tom Hardy has been on the last couple seasons. And he plays this, um, like, Jewish gangster character that is not to be fucking missed. Oh, my God. Seriously? So good. So good. All of the actors that they've been getting um, they in, in each of the seasons, it's it's so good. All right. You, ha- you have to watch it, honestly. All right. Let me get back in. Let me get back in and, and give that a go. So for anyone who's a fan and hasn't watched season three yet, I highly recommend season three. If you're not watching this show, it's really good. You should definitely check it out. Peaky Blinders. It is a uh, co-produced with the BBC, but it's streaming on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, it's not an original Netflix, huh? I'm not sure if they like originally. Now it's done, done in partnership with the BBC, so I think it like launches simultaneously. Gotcha. Hey, did you get a, a note from Netflix today that like like information had gotten leaked and they like switched up? You didn't get that? No, but I, they did make me change my change my password recently. Yeah, that's I had the what, same password for like the last 15 years, or so, which is like not good anyway. But yeah, um, you know that's what they 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 changed my password for me. Right, same, and, same with me. So you had that, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? It was like a week ago or so. Yeah, all right. It, it sucks because then, like, on my PlayStation 4 or whatever, I have to go back in and, like, reinstall. Yeah, I, the... I mean, I've had the same password for a thousand fucking years. Yeah. i got to tighten up my my digital fucking security a little bit. Because I, I literally have used the same password for every last pass. Thing. Oh, yeah? you got to get LastPass installed. It, like, installs a plugin right in your browser, and then it will just autofill the passwords for you. When you're copping sneakers, boom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those sites, like, just autofilling the passwords for you and autofilling your PayPal. I used one password for years. 
um, which is the same. It installs in the browser. Yeah. It'll auto-generate like yeah, really this complicated that. passwords, and then it just remembers them for you. And there's a mobile version, too. The mobile version won't auto-populate like in the apps, but you can switch over, copy a password real quick, and put it in. Yeah. In I the mean, browser, it auto-fills the stuff. It's really nice. Yeah, I, I just... I don't know. That thing fell apart for me a little bit. Um, but uh, what the fuck was I, was I going to tell you? One of my new picks. Oh, so here's something... Um, I, I won't talk about this too long because it's local and, um, you know, not everybody lives in Minneapolis, but one of my new fucking jams is Pimento on Nicolet. It's so funny because I was going to bring that up. Shut too. up. Are you serious? My God, it's so good. Oh my God. How yeah. fucking good is that place? So this place is a new Jamaican place that just opened and they've got pretty simple menu, but you get like a jerk pork bone-in or bone-out jerk chicken on, like, really good Jamaican rice with, like, a really amazing coleslaw for, like, I don't know, eight bucks. It's fucking, like, eight, oh my nine God. bucks. So good. And, they, and got- they have a huge amount of different sauces ranging from, like, not spicy at all to, like, this sauce is going to kill you. Now, the sauce is good. It's uh, the yeah. hot one's hot. It's hot. It's legit hot. Yeah. To the point where I've had people be like, oh, it kind of was too hot for me. I need to step it down. Yeah. Uh, when we went, I went with a friend. We got the jerk chicken and the jerk pork. The pork, if you haven't had the pork, oh, it's unbelievable, unreal, so good. I've only gotten it once. I try and stick to the chicken because um, it's so. I mean, it, it's so fucking flavorful. Like the, the chicken is really good too, but the pork was. It's fucking man. crazy, man. I, I'm fucking starting to get a little weirded out by red meat and pork. Pork is cleaner than chicken. Is it? Chicken is filthy shit. It's fucking gnarly, isn't it? <laughs> it's so bad. You're going to get, like, kind of, like, chicken will kill you, son. <laughs> it's pork, too bad. It's pork too and beef, bad. like, you don't even have to cook. Yeah. Fucking hate no, no one's eating, like, chicken tartare, my friend. <laughs> That's a fucking good point. I can't, I don't know, I'm just getting weirded out. Anyway, um, fucking pimento, man. The place is so legit. They got, you get a cold fucking red stripe. Yeah, and um, and sitting there, they got the really good Jamaican sodas too. I had like a yeah. pineapple ginger soda. Oh my god! I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten down with any of their other shit like the pate or the. Um, that's I, I say pate. I think they call it patty there, but right. Um, yeah, like Jama- Jamaican patty or whatever. Yeah, I haven't fucked with any of that, and I haven't like they have, they have a few other things on there that look pretty killer, but. I just stick with that bowl. That bowl is just money. Yeah. Um, so anyway, anybody in town, check out Pimento. It's it's fucking badass. So I have to tell you, um, this is a off the cuff. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but uh, we were out in uh, L.A., Santa Monica, and um, Venice uh, for a couple of days for a friend's. Uh, we had some friends premiere a film at the L.A. Film oh, that's Festival. right, yeah. And uh, Nicole and I were just wandering around uh, in Abbott Kinney, and uh, there was a Blue Star Donut, and oh man, Blue Star Donuts. Serious? Some of the best, possibly like the best donuts in the United States. You love a motherfucking donut. You know I love donuts. Yeah, you do. And so in a way, this like going into the Blue Star, I had the, um, like an old fashioned, it was like their riff on an old fashioned buttermilk donut. All right. And it was Oh, really? Like Nicole, my wife doesn't even like donuts and she could not stop eating this donut. It was so good. They fry their donuts in like rice oil, rice oil. Yeah. It's some sort of crazy, like really unconventional oil. And this donut was like, it wasn't greasy. It was super flavorful. It was just amazing. Wow. Like next level donuts for sure. So what's it? um, Say it again. Uh, Blue, Blue, Blue Star. They're Blue on, Star. They, they have three or four locations in Portland. One location in Abbott, the Abbott Kinney neighbor uh, part of Venice. Okay. Um, two locations in Japan. That's it. Fucking a. So, I'm headed out that way a bunch this summer. I'll be yeah. in Portland in LA. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, you're more likely to hit it in Portland. I'd had them in Portland before, and they were really good. Uh, you know, everyone talks about like Voodoo Donuts. It's like yeah, yeah. Voodoo Donuts is a hot mess, in it's my opinion. It's a shit show. Um, and now there's, like, 
an hour and 45 minute wait to get in and get donuts. No, no, no. You can no. walk into a Blue Star, get a donut. Motherfucker, I'm not waiting in line for any fucking thing yeah. at my age. Salt and Straw is the other thing out of Portland that's also in Abbot Kinney. It's like Abbot Kinney's like a little fucking well, microcosm mini, of Portland or something. Gleason Street. Um, it's uh, ice cream. From oh. and that's like similar in Portland. There's like a 45 minute wait to get into Salt and Straw oh, and get ice cream. Her. We just rolled in and we just like all we did was walk around like all of Santa Monica mm. and just explored different the different parts of the neighborhood. It's nice. I love it there. Shopping and food and we had a tender green, tender greens and um, sweet green. Okay, people would probably laugh about, but Nicole was just curious about those. Yeah, um, so. Ate, ate a bunch of salads to offset the Blue Star Donut. But. Yeah, right. All right, Blue Star Donuts. Yeah. Um, well, hell, man. Yeah, so we're coming up on time here. One last thing that I wanted to talk about, just because I've talked about it so much before in the past, is the new season of the Detective podcast is out. Wait, Joe. Except. Our man. Uh, Joe, what the fuck? Is Joe it? Kenda. Joe Kenda. It's not Joe Kenda. They switched. God, they switched detectives, up. which I was like really bummed about at first. The <sighs> first episode is about like what it's like to be a rookie, and I have to say this new detective that they have. First, I was like, how can they change this? Joe Kenda's like he is the show. Yeah, you know, like he. So I don't know if he's retiring from the online show, which I also started watching. There was on Hulu. There was a season. Of the show, and I watched it, and it's not as good as the podcast, but it's still pretty good. Not Homicide Hunter? Homicide Hunter. Yeah. yeah. I watched a season of it's, that. It's not great. It's okay. Yeah. The podcast is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, so they have this new detective now, and I have to say, it was like, first I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, if it's not Joe Kenda, like, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this. Yeah. But it was good. It's well, good. You, gotta ima- you have to imagine, I guess if you think about it, like, Joe Kenda only became a dude to us because we, like, listened to him telling stories, and he was he's super compelling in just the way that he, he's just a regular guy, you know yeah. what I mean? But he's, like, st- sort of the point and, like, right. no bullshit. It's the way he tells the stories, that's really so amazing. Th- there's gotta be, you gotta imagine, the reason we love it is that he... You know, he has like his own style and he has a ton of experience. Yeah. And it's the. It's got to be other people I mean, that have that, right? Part of the way is the way he delivers the story. But oh, yeah. A, a lot of it, like, and this is what I realized as I was listening to this other guy is 25% of it is the way Joe Kenda delivers it, 75% of it is insights into the way, what it's actually like to be a homicide detective. Yes. yes. And this guy. Uh, this new guy whose name I don't even know yet, I, that which is terrible, um, has a completely different perspective and a completely different set of experiences. Okay. It's equally as insightful. Is it? So um, it's interesting. It's not as like riveting. Like Joe Kenda, you're like riveted every single second. Yeah. Um, but this guy is has a much more sort of uh, human approach to police work i oh, guess joe kenda's like there are these evil fuckers i'm taking them down oh yeah like i'm on you i will get you and nail your ass to the wall he's this the long arm of the law this guy's it's really it's equally fascinating to listen to this new guy tell about like how he like he talks about one of the first cases he worked for example this uh woman was murdered in like a armed robbery and uh he got to the hospital as she was dying and he held her hand and he didn't know why it was the first time he'd ever been first case as a homicide detective. He held this woman's hand as she died. Then he had to take off her wedding ring and all this stuff. And, um, after the case was, he like was the one who had to tell the husband, like the husband had to fly in cause this woman was like traveling to Atlanta or something like that on business. And he went to a jewelry store and like got, box to present the, this wedding ring back to this husband like when it was time yeah. to return it and the guy was like you like this isn't how you normally do this like I expected to get this in a thing that said like evidence yeah, like a clear bag and the fact that you gave this back to me in a jewelry box is like not usual is it and he was like no and the guy was like keep doing you should keep doing that wow you know it's just like these really human 
empathetic touches of the way this guy approached police work that was really obviously very different than Joe Kenda. Oh, yeah. But equally as insightful and interesting. Okay, cool. Well, I've been waiting for that fucker to start back up. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check out Dude. Cool. So let's wrap it up for this week. Yes. Uh, episode 33. Uh, anyone out there who's listening, if you could please do me a favor and go to iTunes and let us know that you're listening. I'd love to hear what you think about the podcast, what you'd like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of. Um, if we get some ratings, it'll just help promote the podcast and great get, get even more listeners. And we'd love to hear feedback. And please tell us where you're listening from uh, as part of your review as well. I'd love to know where different people for are sure. listening from. Yeah. But wherever you're from, thanks for listening. And thanks, as always, to Kaya Fisher for the audio in- engineering assistance. And hopefully we will see you next week. See you, everybody.